sisters. Uh, if you forgot my name, don't worry. My name is Simon, Simon Wang, and uh, I'm a student minister, and uh, also I'm one of the uh, Chinese brothers. And but don't worry, you're gonna remember me after this sermon, I guess, <laughs> <laughs> because my style is quite unique. <laughs> Someone smell because uh, you know you you must heard what I said before, but. I'll give a chance to you guys because um, most of you, uh, I just met you first time and be prepared for that. And before that, let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for giving us opportunity to open your work, to look at your work through Holy Spirit. We thank for your grace, your only Son, Jesus Christ, and your salvation. We pray for you to open our hearts to understand your work, not because of my poor English or knowledge, but your Holy Spirit through our heart. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. I'm going to tell you a story. Long, long ago, when I was 15 years old, that's very long, but 28 years ago, I was living in Beijing, and my father bought me a book. He didn't know what the Bible I told you. He wants to show he has knowledge. He never read it. But I, I start my journey uh, in Bible, uh, that's in Chinese. Uh, before, uh, before that, uh, I thought the Bible was just a storybook because all full of stories, you know, good story, funny story, sad story. But w until one day when I reached Psalms, I realized that it's so boring because I couldn't understand. You know, for me, it's, you know, Psalms in Chinese means uh, poems. And for me, one important element of poem is the, the poem should have a rhyme. <laughs> but how come psalm has no rhyme? You know, the, uh, for me, you know, the, a good song or poem should be like this one. I'll give you an example. I'll read it. <laughs> Buddy, you are a boy, make a big noise. Playing in the street, gonna be a big man someday. You got a man on your face, a big disgrace. <laughs> Kicking your can all over the place. Singing. We'll rock you. Yeah, rock and roll, man. That's a song, right? That's a song. That's a, that's a, you know, rhymes make a song so cool, right? But how come Psalms has no rhyme? At that time, I didn't know that they were not written in Chinese. They were written in... <laughs> They were written in, don't listen to him, <laughs> Hebrew. No, don't tell me English, okay? <laughs> they were written, because it doesn't make sense. No rhyme in English. I tried. Right? And another reason caused me to stop reading Psalms, because there are no stories. Uh, for a 50-year young boy, you know, those poems look so boring without rhymes and no stories. So I gave up the reading Bible until 12 years later, God gave me another chance to open it. And last week, when I uh, read Psalm to prepare this sermon, uh, suddenly I found out it's not boring at all. On the contrary, Psalm bore me uh, full of interest and uh, surprises. It still has no rhymes, but I, I can't help that. But there's other things attracting me between the lines. And today's passage in, is in Psalm 68. It's a psalm of David. It's a psalm to praise God. It's a song that the people can sing with the music. However, what we have is 
a psalm in English with no rhyme and no music. Maybe some of them, uh, some of you maybe will say that uh, music doesn't matter. No, music matters. Yeah, I don't think uh, Chris or Musos will let you leave this room if you dare to say that. But I said, I'm a one of you. I love music as well. You know, uh, unfortunately, we lost the music of all sounds of sound. It's a very important element to for us to feel, not to understand, but to feel the moment when people sing a song. But we lost that music. Uh, even without music, I still want to bring you back to the day when King David sing that song from the from the general of it from the general of it uh, many uh, scholars uh, they believe that one of the songs that they were singing when King David bore the ark to Jerusalem and uh, lifted up to Zion the mountain where God chose to dwell so uh, let me just read the part this passage the part of Bible to you it's on uh, 2 Samuel chapter 6 uh, verse 14 on the page 274. If you have Bible, just turn to page 274. Verse 14. <coughs> Ready? David was dancing with all his might before the Lord, wearing a lean ephod. He and the whole house of Israel were bringing up the ark of the Lord with shout and the sound of the ram, ram's horn. As the ark of the Lord was entering the city of David, Saul's daughter, Michal, looked down from the window and saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord, and she despised him in her heart. David, he is a king the king of whole Israel. And he is a great general, the great general of army, a wise leader of people. And he was dancing. He wasn't dancing elegantly like a, like a king, uh, but he just danced with all his might. As an Asian, I don't know how to dance all my might. <laughs> because all kind of the Asian dance is very uh, elegant, like a, like a Thai dance, you know, Thai dance? or Japanese dance, just walking and doing this. I don't know what's that, you know. <laughs> but it's just, just simple, you know. So I, I want to know what is dance all you might. And then I did a little bit of research. I found out, have you watched um, New Zealand war dance, Haka? That's a crazy dance, right? Agree? But Haka got the problem. They have pretty lazy legs. They got a crazy face, but lazy like just stand there and doing this, right? And I really want to fight, but I don't know how to move forward. <laughs> Come to me, you know, something like that. So it's not dance all you might. And then, uh, and then uh, I researched uh, Irish dance. Irish dance is very crazy. They have a crazy leg, but lazy arm. They just don't move at here. And just don't, don't, don't do this. <laughs> you know, just. I don't understand, but you know that's that's kind of a dance uh, anyway. And Indian dance, Indian dance is crazy. They have a crazy hand movement. They do this, all the way. But I was thinking, I was thinking, if I combine all three dances all together, 
That's probably is dance all your mind, right? Anyone want to try on the, on the stage? I, I, I'm Asian, you know. How to do this? I don't, I don't know. You know. Luckily, I just lost some weight. Otherwise, I'm gonna have heart attack. Okay, okay, back to normal. Okay, where am I? I want to just. I want to bring the picture, a picture that. The, you know, the people carrying the R to Zion, the process, just like a parade. You know, I just heard someone say, I want to celebrate. I want to bring the celebration to you. I want to show you in, in, the, in this sermon. And, uh, you know, this just like a big party to celebrate that our God will do well with us on mountain Zion. King David was dancing, he was laughing, singing this song with all joyfulness in front of the ark. And just like a child longing for father home, do you have a child? If you, you have a you're very young, like three years old, my, my, my daughter's three years old. You know, as a child waiting his father home. And when he finally saw his father home with holding a puppy dog, that child would jump and laugh all his might. He said, Daddy, Daddy, I love you. That's David. He just exactly like that child. And he totally forgot he was a king. And just want to be a child in front, in the love of his father. It may look like a little bit uh, naive. That is how his wife, Michal, saw it. Let me read again. Michal looked down from the window and saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord. And she despised him in her heart. However, David didn't care. He doesn't care who anybody looked him or despised him or not. He just wants to celebrate, to express his love and joyfulness with all his might to God. So from the context of uh, Psalm 68, we can see that it's a song to praise God. Who fight with a God who fight for us a God as a warrior who become our hero and won the battle. Uh, verse 18 is located at the middle of the psalm. Uh, it's a key word. Before verse 18, David introduced great victories in the past. And after these words, uh, the, the tense changed from the past to the future. So uh, David prophesied one more great victory of God in future uh, we also can see these similar uh, prophecies in Daniel chapter 7 and the book of Revelation that God will defeat evil and save, us, uh, save his people out of death. That is the final victory. I really want to spend the whole day to talk about this psalm verse by verse, but I only have about 25 minutes, but uh, I think now it's only 10 minutes. <laughs> so, so I will only focus on these key words. Uh, let's have a look uh, about uh, verse 18. Verse 18 is to talk about God between the past and the future victory. Uh, it includes the period we are living now. God gave uh, inspiration to David by Holy Spirit. Let him reveal the great victory of Jesus Christ to us. Uh, that is about 1,000 years before Jesus came to the world. For some of us, 
such revelation in Old Testament looked like a little bit not very clear. And more like uh, God gives those uh, prophets a telescope to look the future. They can see the big picture, but couldn't tell you the details. Uh, so verse 18 looks uh, a little bit blurry to you, maybe, uh, with some of the mysteries you couldn't understand. Uh, to understand the meaning of the words, we need glasses. Not, not this one, the New Testament glasses. So we're going to have three parts in verse 18. The first part is, this is God's victory, not yours. This is God's victory, not yours. Now we look at the first half of verse 18. Let me read it. When you ascended on high, you took many captives. As I said, this song is for lifting ark up to uh, Zion. It symbolized God returned his throne on the high place after great victory. We have a special word to call it. Triumph, right? If my English is good, you, know, you understand? Triumph, right? We have a special uh, Chinese word called that. You know, that means you win, you come back, right? So uh, for, uh, for a king, triumphant return is the uh, most glory in his life. Uh, the king won the war and captured a lot of treasures and uh, captives. And when he returned, he will receive the praises. He will, re he will receive, normally in Rome, Rome Empire, will receive a title. You know, the title is very important. It means glory. And uh, also uh, many things offered from his people. Uh, his name will be recorded in history. What a glory. Uh, sometimes, sometimes people will build a monument called a triumphal arch to remember the victory. Uh, I want to show you a picture, if you can tell me what is, what is triumphal arch. That's in Paris, right? It's for Napoleon. And the next picture is a smaller but older triumphal arch. It's in Rome. It's called the Titus Arch because Titus was general. He won the war between Jewish and uh, Roman in AD 17. And uh, they destroyed uh, the Temple of Jerusalem. And they, you can see the details on, on it. People took back many captives, many uh, treasures. Yeah. And uh, uh, I want to show one more picture in China. That's my hometown, Beijing. And uh, this is in front of the forbidden, forbidden city, the royal palace. We call that place Wumen. That's a square. And uh, you can see the, uh, God, uh, no, sorry, the Chinese God, the emperor. They, he represents as a God in China. Uh, he will stay on, on the top of the, the building and look down, and uh, the generals will bring the treasures, the captive in the square, and give glory to their God. In human history, uh, taking captives will be an important part in trial to show the glory of the king. Now we go back to this passage. Does God need to bring uh, many captives as a show off uh, for the glory as a winner? The answer is no. God does not need anything to prove his glory. But why he took many captives? The answer is because the captives are us. You and me. We are captured by sins. 
uh, in another world, we are captive of sin. The consequence of that is death. The war is between God and sin. A war God fight for us. God is the winner, and he took us back, the captives, away from sins and death through his victory. Just like God took his people from slavery of Egyptian across the Red Sea back to Holy Land. So this is God's victory, not ours. We are nothing but the, the, just the captives God brought back from sin and death. I heard sermons in some other churches. Uh, the basic topic is, uh, yes, you can. Yes, you can. You can be the winners of life. You can be David to defeat the, uh, the giant Goliath. And I have to tell you the truth. Uh, this is not our victory. We can't beat sin and death by ourselves. And we are just, you know, Israelites who stand behind David. Could, we could do nothing with the giant. And Jesus is uh, David who won the battle, who protect us, <coughs> who took us back from death. What a victory. Hallelujah. Now I'm going to start my second part. Second part is God's victory is for you. It's not your victory, but it's for you. Here is the second half of the verse 18. You received gifts from people, even from rebellious, that you, Lord God, may dwell there. You received gifts from people, even the rebellious. What does that mean? Probably uh, King David was mentioned uh, uh, when the ark was in Philistine seven months and God gave disaster to the people there. I don't want to mention what disaster is. You, you can read by yourself. So they, they have to return the ark and, and offer some uh, treasures, like golden mines, golden tumors, and, uh, as a gift. God received gifts from people, even from rebellious, his enemies. But in Ephesians 4, Apostle Paul said, uh, this is why it says, when he ascended on high, he took many captives and gave gifts to his people. It's different. God took the gifts, or give, God gave the gifts. Which one is true? Uh, you may confuse what Paul said. I, w I want to explain that. God uh, received the gifts among us because Jesus was among us. He offered himself as a sacrifice for sins forever, washed us clean by his blood, so we could present our body as a living sacrifice. That's our gift. And then, God will dwell with us in Christ. So we, uh, he would send the gift of Holy Spirit through Jesus Christ in order to use us. Let us grow to build up his church as body of Christ. That's Paul's true meaning in Ephesians. Brothers and sisters, we are the body of Christ. We are the church. Never think this is a, a fair treating. I, I treat something with God to get a payback. Never. Jesus sacrificed his life for you so you can have salvation. After Jesus ascended on high, he sent the Holy Spirit as gift also for you. You give yourself as a life sacrifice so God may use you through your gift and build you up. 
the purpose for all of these is to save you. God uses you, shapes you, lets you grow, builds you up, all for you. Uh, today, maybe uh, 30 minutes ago, you just uh, come to Minchinbury Church, right? Uh, you just, maybe some of you maybe come in late because you, you realize you left home late and you rush to here and park your car and you met some guy in front and say, uh, the welcome guys in front, you, you just grab your sheet, your service sheet and name tag, you come in and you say hello. You and uh, later the music start and then you're just singing with everyone and then you sit down, and then the service starts. It's a very, very uh, typical Sunday in church, right? Uh, it's happened so naturally because almost every Sunday you would have a similar experience. Uh, have you realized that those things that you experience in every Sunday are so amazing in our church? Uh, please look around. You can see some people served you in the front, uh, in the welcome desk. You can see the people in the music team. And uh, uh, some people could, you, you can see that, uh, some people, you know, I can see, you couldn't see because they appeared here for a whole day. I was surprised, they're still here. In the morning I saw them, and in the afternoon I saw them again. I only come here once at night, but they may come every Sunday. You know, that's amazing. So. They are the people who are using their gift of Holy Spirit to serve each other in the body of Christ. For example, uh, I'm using my gift to serve you. You can see what is my gift, right? Handsome. <laughs> yeah, I'm using my handsome to serve you. Yeah. Uh, the, more, the more you laugh, the more you disagree. I, re I know that. I remember that, okay? And, uh, you know, I'm Chinese. You know, what's the Chinese culture? You, Chinese culture, you need to save my face. Uh, so you, you, can't, you can't laugh. You just, you can't say no. You just remember, if you disagree, you, you just say, hmm, interesting. Remember? So I ask you again, am I handsome? Oh, very good. <laughs> very good. But I can, can hear someone say, hmm, interesting. Yeah, that's how we love each other. But I want to ask you another question. I really want to see more people put their name on the service uh, roster next term. So would you put your name on the service roster? Tell me the answer. You guys are quick learner, right? Mm, interesting. It's n <laughs> no such option, okay? No such option. Only yes or no. I, I'm going to ask you again. Would you let God use your gift to serve each other in love? Yes or no? Yes. That's your promise to God, not to me. I just used uh, uh, Galatians 5 to ask you. So I won't be here next, next term. I, I, I don't know, but you, you're here. You remember. They all say yes. Okay? That's evidence. Okay? Uh, so we all receive the gift from God. What are we going to do with your gift? That's our next part. So part three, how to celebrate the victory of God. Now we come to Acts 1. We have uh, 11 disciples. They are all from Galilee. Uh, the only one who was not from Galilee, was the, he was a traitor, Judas. 
and he was gone forever. After they saw Jesus was taken up, two angels appeared and told them, Galilean, go home. Uh, the show is over. End of the story. No, it's not the case. Because it's just the beginning of the Acts, right? A lot of things are going to happen the next. The story just begins. Remember what Jesus told them right before he was ascended? You have read this Bible already. Uh, he told them, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judah and Samaria and to the end of the earth. That is uh, what you could see in future in next term that uh, in Acts. Those apostles traveled around and proclaimed gospel of uh, Jesus to people until they all died. End of story. No. It's not the case. And more disciples uh, carry on the great mission, generation by generation, until one day they reached an island in the west end of Europe called England. And then uh, some of them said, oh, the job is done. This is the end of the world. It's not joking. This truly happened in the history. They saw England is the end of the world. And then what happened? After one minute, oh, Ireland. Another place, Patrick, St. Patrick, that's your, your, your job, go, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry for St. Patrick, yeah, he's a great, he's a great, yeah. <laughs> okay, back to no. Come down, come down. More disciples from more nations and, uh, and uh, lands in the earth generation by generation. Africa, India, America, China, Australia. Until now, here we are. We are in Minchinbury Church in Australia. You know what Australia means? Australia means unknown southern land in Latin. That means uh, la la land. Uh, is the end of the earth? I don't know. But our goal in this church is to proclaim gospel of Lord Jesus to all people in Benjamin. Let them know Jesus Christ is the king for all nations. Those angels told, uh, told 11 disciples, uh, you men of Galilee, you 11 guys, why do you stand looking into the sky? Go, do something, because this book called Acts I'm joking, but you, people of Minchinbury, our church also called X. So please use your gifts, serve others, join the Bible study groups, reach your neighbors, whatever what nation they are, let them know Jesus. Remember our little girl in Minchinbury, Anglican. We long to see all people in multicultural Western Sydney and beyond renewed through the love of Jesus Christ. How to achieve this? How to achieve this? Stand there and looking? Or just attend the church every Sunday and sit here and listening? No, it's not enough. Jesus won the great victory for us. Before he ascended to heaven, he told uh, the, his disciples how to celebrate God's victory on earth. 
that is to be his witness in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. That is how those disciples of Jesus Christ celebrate the victory of our Lord in the last 2,000 years. That is how we should celebrate God's victory in Minchman. Now is the conclusion. I will make it simple. Psalm 68 and chapter, uh, Acts chapter 1 celebrate victory of God. There's three things. Firstly, this is God's victory, not yours. So be humble. Secondly, the victory is for you. So be grateful. And thirdly, Use your gift to celebrate the victory of God in your whole life. Let grace does good through you. And be joyful. Don't forget, we are celebrating. We are in the big party. Then that's it. Have a joyful life in Christ. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for your only Son, Jesus Christ. Thankful, thankful his great atoning work. He gave his blood for washing our sins. Give his life so we can have lives. We thank for his great victory. Through his glory, he gave Holy Spirit to us. So we can receive the gift to understand and proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. We are your people and you are with us. We are the group of the people who be the witnesses of Jesus Christ to our nation. Until one day, our Lord Jesus will come back in the same way. God will dwell with us in the new heaven and new earth forever. In Christ's name we pray.